0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Holding Court podcast. We have a very, very special guest this week that we are really excited about, and we're going to be talking about a lot of things. We're going to talk about Justin's shining moment, singing with Brad on stage and how that went. Spoiler alert, not great. Uh, How he's been allowing his fans to text him via his Instagram, Uh, how he became one of the biggest Dodger fans on the planet, uh, he'll share the baseball analogy that he uses to describe meeting his wife, and we'll chat with him about all the great community work him and his wife, Kim, are doing with the store in Nashville.
1: All
0: right, let's just get right into it. We have the super talented, one of the nicest guys. We're just big fans of him on and off the stage. Let's bring him on.
1: Oh, there he is. He's calling right now. Let's patch him through.
0: Hi, Brad. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing great. Cord,
2: how
0: are you? We're hanging in there. Obviously sitting here with Justin, my co-host.
1: What's up, Brad?
2: Co-host. I think you can do better.
1: i agree i agree i'm just here for moral support and i kind of chime in every once in a while but she carries the show so
0: wow well this is actually not the first time you guys are kind of sharing a mic uh take us back to when you brought justin over there and had him sing a little ditty at one of your shows on
1: the (laughs) stage at the staples center a couple years ago you had me on stage
2: staples that wasn't the risky one the staples center i mean they went they were all in they thought it was the greatest thing in the world that you and Jock and Farmer were up there. They loved it. It
1: was good. Um, it was good for Farmer because he can actually sing a little bit. Me and Jock were like, yeah. Oh.
2: <laughs> he sounds so much like Luke Bryan. It's not even funny.
1: It's a good Luke um, Bryan. Yeah.
2: It's a really good Luke Bryan what he does. But you know, like uh, the the risky ones when I brought you to the Bay Area and you came up to that show and you and uh, Chris Taylor. Yep. So. You know, you walked out and handed me a Dodgers guitar in front of a Bay Area crowd, and there's no mistaking you. Chris <laughs> Taylor's in the distance. People would be like, "He kind of looks like Chris Taylor." You, it's like, it's you know, it was either you or Tormund from Game of Thrones. So,
1: well, you you actually took a lot of heat off of me because if I. Remember correctly, you did a meet-and-greet before the concert that night in a Dodger shirt up in Northern California. So uh, you you braved it out before I did. I had the easy job of just carrying a guitar out.
2: <laughs> yeah, they they, uh, they were, in the meet-and-greet, they were totally baffled. They just were like, what is he, does he not know where he is tonight?
1: Oh, man. <laughs> I, I love doing that. Yeah, we loved it. CT C. loved it. And then uh, a couple of our, our strength coaches and trainers came with us to that show too. And they, I mean, they didn't stop talking about it. And I I mean, that's the one thing you've, you've always treated us uh, so well every time we come around and and we can't thank you enough for that. And your shows are, your shows are amazing. You, you do such a good job of, of entertaining and including, including everyone around you. And, um,
0: Just be honest. It's the bar on the stage that um, you truly love. Yeah.
1: (laughs) The bar on the stage is a nice touch.
2: I really wish, you know, the craziest thing right now is just This is the first summer in 20 years that I haven't had tour dates, really, where I'm crisscrossing the country and playing shows. Because that's what summer's all about to me. And I feel so lost right now in terms of and it's sort of like you. I mean, we're both out of work. Yeah. Yeah, it's tough. You know? I, I kind of feel like, you know, it's it's going to be fantastic when we can do shows again. But we we just don't know when that is. We don't know when the finish line is on this thing, and it sort of changes all the time, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, it is, it is changing. And and you guys have already started getting creative, though. Um, you know, you you and and the guys in the band. I saw Kendall getting together and doing some jam sessions, uh, creatively yeah. over over Zoom and stuff. How weird is that to just to be with the guys but not be with the guys like <laughs> playing? Isn't that? It's-
2: you know what? It's pretty weird. I mean, it's, it's fun in the sense that we, it's all we've got. So we're having a great time kind of goofing around and doing things like that. Um, we have some ideas on stuff that we're going to be doing in the next few weeks that are a way to kind of play a little bit of music. Um, and all of this stuff feels like people give you the benefit of the doubt. I mean, it's not the thing that you saw when you've come out to shows. It's not that... Crazy spectacles for the most part. It's it's uh, a very very humble way of doing music, but I feel like fans are really happy with anything we give them. So this time, I feel closer to people and to fans and people than I have maybe ever. I just feel like between Zoom calls with fans and and uh, these really one on one concerts from the house, it's pretty hard to not sort of understand something about one another right now we're all going through the same thing and I uh you know it's, it's been a rewarding time I think and for me largely speaking I mean I don't want this to go on for years but this year has been a really I think a great learning experience
0: yeah I think we've obviously talked about it a lot on the podcast and you know, Justin loves baseball and, you know, you love being on stage, but there's just such a big hole in it when there's not an audience and there's not fans there. And I know you've gotten a little creative with your stuffed animals, kind of like the KBO is doing (laughs) with their their fans behind home plate, but it's just, there's no replacing that.
2: There really isn't. I mean, it's so strange. Like we did one of the most interesting things we did was we set up the entire show in a place called the steel mill, which is a rehearsal hall. And we, and Bud Light sponsored it, Bud Light Seltzer. And we played the entire sort of with all of our bells and whistles, the stage was all set set up there and the bar on the stage that you're talking about, no one was at it, but it was all right there. And we played like we would with lights and video and everything. And it felt very, very normal in the middle of a song and very awkward when you stop because and I imagine it'll be like if you guys go back and play baseball this year without fans, it's you're going to have those moments where you're focused on what the pitchers gonna throw and you're gonna be, you know, staring down the barrel of that and not thinking about it at all, probably until the moment you connect. <laughs> and when you connect, it's going to be, so strange to, to, it's the way it was with me. It's like, I would, I would finish strong and I'd go, well, I think they're probably clapping at home.
1: <laughs> yeah. We <laughs> hope they're clapping. Right. <laughs> right.
2: And, and so in the same vein with, with you, I can't imagine Justin, when you hit a ball out of the park and there's silence, it's going to be, I, I really do want to see that though, because this is a memory we'll never forget. And I hope it's a one-time thing in our lives.
1: Yeah, it's just gonna be you know guys in the dugout, you know, saying whatever they're gonna yeah. say, which also is a little dicey because who knows what guys are gonna be saying out of the dugout, and the other team's gonna be able to hear every word now, because uh, you're not gonna have the the cover of the crowd noise. So, it'll it'll definitely yeah. be it'll definitely be interesting. But you know, one of the things you know getting to know you over the years, um, past couple of years, and. Uh, getting to hang out a few times and and paying attention, following you along on your social media is seeing how, like how great you are to the fans and how great you are in bringing them uh, into your life and, and, and really letting them get close to you and get to know you and, um, you know, court talked about the stuffed animals and you do the little skits with the baseball players in the shower. But one of the things that, that, <laughs> that's, that not, that's a little <laughs> questionable,
3: <laughs> you'll have to go on Brad's Instagram and, <laughs> and see
1: the, it it was, it take me out to the ball game. And you had all the action figures set up mm-hmm. and it's a whole it's a whole skit and there's there's broken glass and windows and it's, it's pretty <laughs> funny. But, um, you know, one of the other was, things...
2: Yeah, your, bobble, your bobblehead
1: is part of that. Yeah, I made it. I I, I made the roster for that one. That was cool. <laughs> uh, but one of the other things that you've done that, that's been cool um, is, you know, linking up with other artists. And in, the one in particular that stands out to me was uh, you and Darius Rucker and you guys were Zooming each other yeah. and um, you were playing some of his songs. He was playing some of your songs and you were singing together and it was just like you said, it's an opportunity during this time to be creative and do some stuff that you probably would have never had the opportunity to do. And you do it on such a large scale of letting your fans in, even so much to the point where you have your phone number on your (laughs) Instagram account and you encourage fans to text you. And I guess, uh, our next question on the, on the cast is how is that going? Like putting your number out there, <laughs> getting, getting text messages, <laughs> like where, what road does that go down to? Cause that actually happened to, to a baseball guy a couple of weeks ago, Trevor Bauer, his number got put out on an ESPN episode. We talked about it on, on this podcast and, uh, he had, he's in the process of changing numbers, but you're voluntarily putting your number out. So what's that like?
2: Well, the thing that's really interesting, and there've been a few artists do this, but, um, it's basically where we set up this number and it goes to my phone and it is my, it's an actual phone number for me. I mean, I, I do of course have another Mm
3: -hmm. phone
2: number, but, but that is the one that I use for fans to, to write me, you know? And so it's been a really fascinating, it's a fascinating thing to have a dedicated number. Fans can write and text me. Because it's so different from how they respond to you than something like Twitter or even Instagram, which is Instagram's way better than Twitter as far as people are nicer on Instagram. But I agree. Um, you know, on Twitter, there's so many times when someone will write, especially someone like yourself, a, an athlete, and they're just trying to make you and your Dodger fans mad.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, that's their goal when you when you have somebody text you and you give them your number they don't do that like they, they would have no reason to try and text me and make me mad <laughs> yeah they're writing me with things that are really personal usually like things like what my song meant to someone in their life that that either you know went through a hard time or or whatever and in this time period right now it's been invaluable because the, the craziest thing was, and one of the things I discovered was like, when we first did this with letting people text me, I was like, okay, this is either going to go really well or really bad. And immediately they started to, to do really fun stuff. Like they would say, they would tell me what they wanted to hear in a concert or they would write me with, um, some, some way I impacted their life. So it, I was like, this is great. But then all of a sudden the pandemic hit and, they are, they immediately started to use it as a way to connect beyond just text messages. Like someone would write and say, tomorrow is, tomorrow would have been um, our wedding. And we were going to use your song, she's everything at the wedding. And we can't do it. So I, you know, my fiance would flip out if you were to, you know, say, Hey, you know, when you do have your wedding, uh, I hope you'll still play. sheets. everything. So I hit record and send a video and it's me on the phone saying, Hey, um, I, I really hope that you'll, uh, uh, I hope you'll go and, and still use that song. And the next thing you know, they're losing it cause they, I just sent them a video and same with zoom calls. Like, I don't know how else people would be able to text me an invite. They, it started early on and, and I got the idea because Peyton on a Saturday night, Peyton actually texted me and he was like, Hey, what are you doing? And I said,
0: <laughs> that's how his said,
2: <laughs> that's how he sounds on text. It actually it even sounds a little, a little goofier in my mind, but I can't quite capture it. Um, so he's like, Hey, what are you doing? Uh, and he sends a zoom link and I'm like, what's this? And he's like, jump on it. And I'm like, now? And he's like, yes, right now. So I jump on it and the next thing you know it's a bunch of athletes and actors and comedian. like Kevin Hart was on there Dan Patrick, he's like okay, you gotta get somebody out of your Rolodex on here. So I, I texted Darius and I was like, what are you doing? And he said, I'm watching the R. Kelly documentary. <laughs> <laughs> and I said I said, that doesn't end well. So uh, just jump on here. And so the next thing you know, he's on Zoom and it was like the craziest group of, of people on a Saturday night, just all bored, and everybody just was like, "Let's all just Zoom." So, I started realizing I was uh, that fans were texting me invites. So I started jumping in their Zooms, and I do several a week where I'll look and I'll always look for the one that's like, "I'm a nurse
3: mm-hmm.
2: at uh, at this hospital in Dallas, and um, it's my or it's my boss's birthday tomorrow. She loves you. Would you?" zoom with us and i'll pop in if i can the next thing you know it's so fun to, to see these people they're all sitting in their living rooms they're all having a beer uh it kind of goes in keeping with the new song which is all about um sort of drinking as the as the world crumbles around us and here we are just all of us like i'm able to get to know these people in a way that i never did in meet and greet you're talking about the meet and greet and the dodgers shirt and and san francisco and it's like meet and greet is a hurried event i mean they they rush these people through they barely get a a picture you know we we have to see 50 people in a matter of minutes um but on zoom it's like here's 20 people they're all on there i'm kind of giving them a hard time making fun of whatever i see in the in the frame and (laughs) and they're having a blast and i think it's been fun to to utilize this tool to get to know fans you know
1: Moral of the story, be aware of your background when you're Zooming with Brad. You're going to get roasted.
2: roasted. It was like this one this, this one woman that was like a nurse. She was sort of this, you know, the last person you'd picture with two mounted deer right behind her looking <laughs> like, and I was like, where are you? Bath bro shop? She's like, this is my husband's <laughs>
3: office.
2: And it's just, it's just fun to see how people live and, and, um, I mean, you know, it's like what you're doing right here, Courtney, with, with doing something beyond, um, you know, you're you're giving people a glimpse into people like myself, but also you guys and your relationship. And I think that's, I think it's great right now. People need, to, people need outlets. They need to escape because they can't.
0: Yeah, I think it's forced everyone to kind of get creative with, you know, new ways to interact with fans. I know, you know, Justin, you've been on, a bunch of Zoom calls. You've done the Dodger Zoom calls, and I don't know how many fan videos you've recorded for people. Oh, <laughs> that seems to be the the thing right now. It's instead of an autograph, it's, can you send a video to so-and-so? Well, you think about how
1: many, how many things that people are missing out on this year with graduations and um, big birthdays and weddings, as you already talked about, and, you know, people just are so bummed out. These are things, these are events. These are like staples in people's life that they look forward to and they work for. And then now they don't get to experience the whole thing. So, um, yeah, so many fans reaching out, Hey, can you shoot me a video for, uh, my son's graduation or my daughter's graduation, or we're supposed to get married and it got delayed. Can you just send my fiance a, a quick message? And, um, you know, we've, we've been trying to do it and we actually, got to watch some of your and yours and Kim's outtakes on some of the videos you do and uh, I wish me and Courtney had all of our outtakes because uh, oh, those, those are those are the, it's best, it's the best part, part. just uh, you know we got the dog running in and barking and jumping jumping in our way and messing up lines and I mean we we had one that we did for uh, children's Hospital and we literally couldn't even say the first line without just busting up laughing I don't even know what was going on uh, for the walk and play. <laughs> and it probably took us 30 takes to, to get the video down, but uh, it is fun and it's cool to um, not only do the message for, for people, but then you get the the response once you do the message and, and uh, how excited and emotional people are. And, um, you know, I guess it's, yeah. it's the least we can do right now, especially for our fans who are the only reason, you know, we're in the position that, that we're in right now. And, um, you know, yeah. like I said, I admire you for everything that you do for, for all your fans and how, uh, you know, I I don't know if anyone really goes as deep as in letting fans get as close to them as you do. So, uh, kudos to you for that.
2: Well, That's nice of you. I mean, you're, you're the same way. I mean, I, I, in, in your sport and uh, you know, you guys are a very, you're a very great example as a couple and you take that and you do good things with it. I've seen, I mean, you know, you fed all of LA at this point. Seems. Um From, from at Let least if up. I'm looking at your, if I'm looking at your Instagram, it is, it is like watching a buffet. Um, <laughs> it's watching, it's watching a, it's watching people get pizza and tacos and everything else. It's, it's really, it's actually very admirable and really, really neat to see. But it's like you, you want to do what you can. Like I, if you're, if you're, if you feel like I do right now, it, I feel a little helpless and. I don't like that feeling. So it it makes me feel less helpless when, when I am able to do something like a video for somebody or, or, you know, like you say, like deliver food or use our charity for that. I mean, we are lucky to be able to do that. We're lucky that anybody gives a flip what we're saying, you know, and what we're doing. And, um, I think that in our, in baseball and in country music and in, and in this world of, sort of these everyday people that you think of that are sort of making the world go around right now. Um, I think we have an obligation to, I've always said early on, it's like, if you can make somebody's day and you have the time you should. No, definitely. You
1: know. Yeah. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. It goes so far, I guess. Like you don't realize, I talk about it all the time and, and try to help our guys realize that, you know, that, the impact that we are capable of having on someone's life by just doing a quick 10 second video or, uh, going over yeah. and shaking someone's hand. It goes, those are stories and that are going to be told in that person's for the rest of their life. And, you know, it doesn't seem yeah. like much, it doesn't seem like much to us like that big a deal, but it's a huge deal to, you know, the person that you're you're walking over to or the person that you're taking a selfie with, or you sign an autograph for, you know, those are stories and memories for their family for the rest of their lives.
2: Oh, yeah. And I've seen you, I mean, you, I've seen you every game I've ever been to. You take a special interest in the, in the veterans that are there. I've always seen that. You also take an interest in, in like. It, it's really easy. If a kid wants your attention, they should have, a, they should put on a red beard and they've got <laughs> it. Um, but it's, you know, it's, uh, it's inspiring because look, I've been around baseball long enough to see some of the some of the players that don't do that, and the Dodgers have a great group; they're all pretty good. But other teams, and here and there, I mean, you know who they are. It's like, I never, it always it baffles me why if you if your dream your whole life was to be an incredible athlete and to sort of you know be good at a sport, and then you get there, why wouldn't you want? Really, like great things with it because it's actually a lot of fun. As you know, like how how much more fun can you have than when those guys show up, the, the veterans show up before every game and they and you know it's making their day to meet you. That's that it doesn't get more fun than that. That kind of thrill is isn't that the best?
1: That's the best. You know? Yeah, 100%. Yeah.
0: That's one of my favorite parts of the game is to look over after they introduce the you know military hero of the game and just to watch every it's like clockwork every time you're over there and, and then you see them go into the crowd and you know they're basically a celebrity for that game and so just to see yep. how much they light up you know after they get the signed ball from you and they shake your hand hopefully you'll get to be shaking yeah. their hand in the
1: and they have 50,000 people all stand on their feet and, yeah know, cheering for them at Dodger stadium. Yep. So that's, that's also pretty cool. And, and most of the guys and, and girls that come on the field are from Southern California. So, and you do a great job too, yeah. Brad. I know during your show, you always have um, service members come up and recognize them and play a song for them. And then you send them over to that famous bar of yours and let them have a couple you really love that bar. Couple rounds on you. So <laughs> you, you do a great job of, of recognizing them. Uh, I guess that's, that maybe that's a, another reason why we get along so well is uh, you know, our our appreciation for for the men and women who serve our country
2: absolutely
0: i want to bring it back a little to you guys well you're both obviously very open to your fans but brad during this quarantine we've had such a blast and you know we've talked a little about justin and i and marriage life during quarantine and what that's like but i've seen kim put you on blast a few times with your your messiness around Uh the house and you know i love that she's an open book about it i always if justin starts to do a video I'm running in the background like let me pick that up let me make sure everything is like this and that so I feel like I could do a better job being a little more authentic on social media but she just fully puts it out there and we love that well she's
2: not totally authentic she's authentic when it's at my expense (laughs) she's authentic when it's my mess when it's like look at the mess he did and then she she makes sure before she shows her closet that it's clean
0: She's but, just um, showing off her perfect sourdough bread and putting you on blast with the messy closet. I get it.
2: I know, <laughs> I know. Well, trust me, that sourdough bread. There's some. There's some creative editing in that. <laughs> she left out the. She left out the first few attempts with at that bread.
1: Hey, it, ta- it takes a, it takes a few tries to reach perfection. You know. You don't just for a always... minute.
2: I thought we were in, living in the blob <laughs> in that horror movie. <laughs> oh man. But um. Gosh that bread was not looking like it it was looking like it was going to take over the world or something.
0: Dang. She looked like Susie homemaker over there. I was like, maybe I can make bread. She did it.
2: You know, (laughs) I think it's been really good. It's been good for us in that sense in, in one way in that I like, I've always been, I was always a little more private about home life. You know, like if you look at my Instagram feed or, or any of that prior to the pandemic, there weren't hardly any videos in our house. Like I just didn't do that. I just always felt like, well, that's, that's ours. And that's off limits and something snapped when they shut everything down. And I went, okay, I, I don't know how else to entertain people right now, except I guess we'll put some of these things up. And then Kim's like, Hey, I really need to color my hair you know, she's like, I really need to dive my roots because <laughs> it's not, it's not going to be good. And so she's like, and I'm going to film it. And she edits that together. <laughs> and here I am now, you know, beat that Sasson or something. Um, <laughs> and I'm, I'm basically, you know, now a hairdresser, but these are all things that I think the pandemic's been good for the, the equality <laughs> when it comes to uh, just, fans and celebrities because there's it's like all of a sudden you're having to you're seeing celebrities do some really really mundane crazy things and it is fascinating it's like it's crazy when i look at some of the things that my friend Jennifer Garner's been doing i mean she's she's doing crazy really cool home videos that it's like i didn't i didn't know that about her some of these things you know and i i, I know her so it's really interesting to I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a fun time, but again, I'll be ready for this to be over one of these days.
0: Yeah, I think we can all appreciate it for what it was, what well, what it is, and then, yeah, we'll all be ready to move on. Uh, a little more about Kim. I know you said you like to you know, keep things a little private, but I heard a rumor, I read a rumor that initially you, I guess maybe you were the original DM slider, but it was to her agent to get her to come in one of your music videos.
2: Yeah, that's the way I picked her up. <laughs> the OG. It was simple as that. It was not a bad move when I look back.
1: <laughs> um, I'd say you're doing all right.
2: I did. Oh, I, I, yeah. I mean, I, I shouldn't have been, I mean, that's sort of, it's like I, I went to Bunt and it went out of the park. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh man, that's. I,
2: You know what I mean? Like, I, it was like, wait a minute, this is actually, she's actually going to, she's actually returning my call. This is
0: crazy. I'm a genius.
2: So, (laughs) now it was, uh, you know, it's a crazy story of that movie, Father of the Bride, was something I went to see with a high school, college girlfriend and, and then wrote songs about the end of that relationship, which ended so badly. That was like my first real heartbreak it was like this horrifying move to Nashville and she cheated on me with my best friend at home and gave me the gift of a lifetime as a songwriter to uh I mean, when you move to Nashville to be a songwriter and your ex-girlfriend in college cheats on you that's like I don't know that's like boot camp that's fantastic
0: that's gold right <laughs> there yeah, yeah. songwriting gold
2: yeah and uh <laughs> And so a lot of the first few songs I wrote were kind of about that. And that's what gave me the idea to see if Kim wanted to be like in, in a music video for one of those songs. And, and uh, you know, and it's very, very strange that I would wind up. I'm like the one guy that went to see father of the bride in the theater and said to himself, I'm going to marry that girl and did.
0: That's bold, which is really
2: strange. You know, and it's not lost on me that it's not normal.
1: I'm gonna have to, uh, I'm gonna have to change around your analogy though to baseball. I'm gonna say that when you slid into Kim's DM and everything worked out, that's like I'm going up to the plate and I'm gonna try to hit a home run and you hit the home run. Now, when your ex girlfriend breaks up with you and cheats on you with her best friend and you're moving to Nashville and you get all this content to, Produce an album. That's like okay. that's like first and second <laughs> in the ninth inning, and you're coming up to the plate and you're ready to get the game-winning hit. And then the manager asks you to drop down a bunt, and then you bunt one out of the park for a three-run homer. That's what that is.
0: That was beautiful.
2: <laughs> that is. See, that's perfect. That's 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 the best analogy
1: I've ever heard for anything, Justin. I don't know about that. I just yeah, I miss baseball. I'm, so, te- I'm, I'm tearing up over here. <laughs>
0: yeah you're just trying to get anything uh, connected to baseball right now
1: yeah speaking of baseball maybe you can you're one of the biggest dodger fans and yeah like your level of knowledge of everything dodgers not just what happens on the field not just a stat sheet but you know transactions and moves and guys and guys in the minor leagues uh your knowledge is off the charts and I think people probably wonder like, how did Brad Paisley become a Dodger fan? And I was wondering if you would share with everyone how that came to be.
2: Sure. Um, So I grew up, I grew up, I didn't really, I didn't really have a team growing up. I mean, I grew up the closest team to where we were in West Virginia would have either been the pirates or the Indians. Um, I liked the pirates growing up, but I I went to some games that, three river stadium at the time. And um, that was back when they shared it with the Steelers shared the same stadium Mm
3: -hmm.
2: Um, Whereas the Steelers would play and there'd be, you know, part of the, part of the football field had dirt for the infield. You could see the clear outline of it. And, um, but you know, it was all right. I I wasn't like the biggest fan in the world. Um, And then in, I guess it was the year 2001 Around 2000, might have been even before I met Kim, I was asked to sing the National Anthem as a new artist at a Dodger game. So I did, which was a blast. And I still have the jacket they gave me, which is just identical to the one Roberts wears when it gets cold. (laughs) Um, It is still the same, like, coat. And they gave me a jacket and a hat and a jersey and all these things. And what's funny is, So I was like, I really like this team a lot. And that was around then. And then Kim says yes to going out with me. The next thing you know, we start dating very seriously. We get married. um, And I'm like living part time in LA. So, you know, I, I live in Nashville for the, uh, for the, the other half of the year and there's no team here. The nearest team to Nashville is the Braves, which is four hours. It's the equivalent of, the, of literally the Giants from as far as distance yeah. goes. Um, and then the second closest would be probably the Reds, which is also four, three and a half hours. So nobody really has a team in Nashville for sure, You know, as far as like somebody that we all root for. So I'm like, I start to really follow the Dodgers. I start going to Dodger games. I start making some friends there. And... Also, once I had kids, uh, it really got to where I was like, it was one of the greatest days of my life, the first time we ever took them to Dodger Stadium. When, you know, when, when you have kids and they go to their first baseball game and you also know some of those people and, and you've gotten, like, I, you know, before long, yeah, the Dodgers are as an organization. And Courtney, you, you know, it's like there's a family that's not just on the field there's just such a great cast of characters all the way from, you know, my, my friends that are so amazing, the Hernandez family, uh, you know, with Joe and Sharon, um, who own Melissa's produce all the way to, I mean, shoot, you see, you know, Pat Sajak. It's like, it's such a, such an interesting group that you run into in the dugout club. And anyway, I, I just been in love with that culture, you know, and I'm really lucky that, we're out there enough that I get to go to a lot of games. I probably hit 20 games a year, I bet.
1: And then, and then it came full circle. You sing an anthem in 2000, 2001, and then next thing you know, 2017, you're singing an anthem in Game 2 of the World Series.
2: Yeah, and you know what's nuts? That was – like, after I did that anthem, I didn't really – I don't like doing the national anthem typically because um, it's just not a fun experience normally it's kind of a, an odd thing because unless it's a playoff game or a like for uh, like I, the only other time I've done an Anthem in recent years was one of the playoff games for the predators in Nashville. Um, but it's, it's like singing at a wedding. It's almost sort of like, everybody just wants you to get done with it and not mess it up. <laughs>
3: yeah. <laughs> and,
2: yeah. And, and then, but when it was the world series, I'm like flipping out cause it was like bucket list thing. And I've done that twice now, and we're hoping to. The only only game you guys won was the game I sang, the uh, game three of last. Oh of yeah, the, 2018. Yeah,
1: 2018. Yeah,
2: but the longest game in history in the history of the World <laughs> Series. Um, that was my anthem. I get I get some footnote, I guess, in the history books, but I think the thing was. The next time I did the anthem after singing it at Dodger Stadium and becoming a fan was the World Series for the Dodgers. I don't think I did it in between. Oh, wow. In the in the 15 years between it or whatever. That's crazy. Crazy. Yeah. Like but yeah, so I, I love the team, and, and you can speak to that. I mean, it's a great group of people there.
1: Yeah, it is. It is, and it's not just you. You talked about your kids. Your your kids are huge fans and know everything. I remember I walked on your bus one day, and I was just started getting grilled by your oldest boy yeah. <laughs> asking me questions Up at, when we were up north, up in up in San Francisco. He started hammering remember me with some hard-hitting questions.
2: Remember what he said when you walked in? It was I, in the middle of, of when, our, when our, the bullpen was a mess.
1: Yes, I remember. He
2: walked in, and you're like, do you have any questions for me? And he's like, sure.
1: What are you going to do about this bullpen yeah so like right out of the gate first question i was like oh man I he's hitting it. me with the heavy stuff right you're away. like
0: hey there sport got any questions for the big guy and he's like yeah what's up with your bullpen <laughs>
2: <laughs> as opposed to what's it like to hit a home run yeah
1: right he was like i, I don't want any of that like pity patty stuff i'm gonna get right into the. the <laughs> i want to get right into the meat of this
2: yeah he's like so trade deadlines we'll talk those um <laughs> yeah you know
1: Right, That's what I mean. You guys are, you guys are, the, the knowledge is incredible as a family. I mean, like you're talking about true diehard Dodger fans right here and in the Paisley. So maybe he
0: overheard his dad talking about the bullpen.
1: Maybe (laughs) I guarantee it. Yeah, no, he's heard me.
2: He heard, he saw me throw stuff at the TV a few times that season.
0: Oh man what i wouldn't give to be throwing something at the tv right now with the game on
1: i know well are we so there's a chance right there's, there's a, a chance there's a so? chance there's a chance we're they got in a room they're talking um we're working on it so i I've, I've kind of been on a roller coaster like oh yeah we're gonna have a season we're gonna work it out and then you know stuff happens and i'm like man this really doesn't look good and then another offer comes. I'm like, all right, we're making progress. So, but this one feels like real progress. And I, I, I feel like we're going to, we're going to get something done here. So, um, I'm keeping my fingers crossed. My question, my question to you would be
2: that, you know, with this game and with how you're going to do it, if you're going to play, I don't know, 60 games versus 114, 16 or whatever, um, Is that can you can you play at the level you would anyway with sixty games. Fifty games, whatever.
1: Yeah, I think I don't think the length of the season is gonna be the issue, maybe for starting pitchers because they're they're not gonna be you don't have that like thirty start season right you're 60 games you're probably going to get 10 to 12 starts so they're going to kind of need to ramp it up and be in mid-season form as soon as possible which is also scary because of injuries and stuff um right but i think the harder part is going to be playing like without fans and without having that adrenaline so um you know we like you were saying um you know you finish a song and and there's no fans and you hope that they're cheering like it's just that that adrenaline is going to be missing and that's such a huge part of our game that gets us through our grueling season of 162 games in 180 days the fans are what help us you know get to the finish line so I think that's going to be the more challenging part and you know finding that motivation to you know convince us that whatever number of games we play is worthy of a full season and that it's not yeah. a, it's not a it's not a I guess, uh, I don't even know the right word, a, a lack of a season or whoever whoever wins a championship this year is going to be considered less of a champion. Um, you know, obviously the pandemic is it was out of our control and nothing we can do about it. So uh, I think it's the challenge is going to be, you know, finding the adrenaline without fans and then making sure that we understand that these games count just as much as any other game would count in any other season.
2: Yeah, right. Uh, I think it will. I mean, in some ways they... In- they're going to count more. Every victory is going to matter more.
1: Exactly. You know,
2: it's going to be higher stakes. You're going to have to go back to what it was like when you were a little kid and you were, and you were imagining what it would be like to hit a, hit a home run in the big league.
3: Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and definitely. you would
2: hit You'd hit one in the little league, and there wouldn't be that response that you'd get. It's Sandlot. You're going to be playing Sandlot baseball. And how much purer does it get than that?
1: Yeah, true. Yeah, it's it's going to be sandline. And like you said, the the weight of it's going to be even more, you know, you, you're going to have to get off to a good start. You lose one game, it's going to feel like losing three. And you win one game, it's going to feel like winning three. So the it's just going to be under a microscope. Um, It's going to be a sprint. Usually we talk about our season being a marathon and not trying to get too high, not trying to get too low, just kind of ride the waves. But, uh, you know, a 60-game season is a sprint, and we're going to have to figure out a way to be clicking on all cylinders uh from the get-go and – Um, you know, I know a lot of guys are have been working out and taking at bats and throwing bullpens and are itching to get back on the field. So I think uh, if anyone's going to be ready for it, we are. So Clayton, Clayton's going to be ready. He's working. Clayton's. Uh, he sent me a video of him the other day throwing throwing live abs to some high school kids and college kids. And um, poor high school kids. He imagines you're
0: a high school
2: kid and he's throwing that'd be the best. See, I want to go down there and just I've always wanted to see what his curveball looks like.
1: Now's your chance. He, at you. He's just throwing out at a, at a local high school, I think, so you should text him That's and be hilarious. like, "Hey dude, I want to jump in and get in that bat before you before you get this thing going because I know I know he's out there throwing. You should you should get in there. That'd be that'd be great. Have
2: you ever faced him?
1: I have. I'm like I faced him all the way through the minor leagues and then when I was with the Mets, I faced him all the time. I think in my entire oh, right you would have faced him with a mess, that's true. In my entire career, minor leagues and major leagues, I probably have between 25 and 30 at-bats against them, and I have one hit off them. <laughs> so not very I haven't done that's, very good.
0: But that no, was right. the old Justin, That was, you know? the, old, that was, that was before the old me you too. I don't the swing. Know.
1: I got a different swing now. I I don't know what it would look like, but uh Yeah, right. Hopefully I, better than the high school I think kids. I would be better than a 1 for 30, but I don't know if I'd be great.
2: He, uh, he's, you talk about inspiring figures and I I think he is, I've said this before, he just, he's, he is one of the finest human beings you'll ever meet without a doubt.
1: I agree. And, and you guys, uh, obviously support him, uh, and everything he's doing as well, which is awesome. And, uh, getting to know you through that and the ping pong events and, and everything and, uh, his, his charity concert in the off season. Uh, I, I believe was that two years ago. You went down to Dallas and, and oh and, that's right yeah that's right and did that. Uh, I think but, you're
0: the reigning Impact Award winner too with Kershaw's Challenge.
1: I believe you are. I am. I I have a two year term. I guess.
0: Because
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you're the longest Kershaw's Challenge Impact winner in the history because of this.
0: You Have a really long impact on Kershaw's <laughs> yes.
2: Challenge. Yes. Yeah. That, well, I was ready to play ping pong this year. I was. I had it blocked. I had May seventh blocked. Oh man, I, I, I remember want... the date. I, I wonder.
1: Know. I wonder if he was going to put you on my team. That would have been great.
2: I'm getting better. You want me on your team here soon.
1: All right. Well, let's I think that's. Uh, we'll we'll see what they're going to do. Obviously, there's there's not Clayton's not going to have his event this year. Um, maybe he'll do no. something like combined. I don't. I don't know because it's going to be so hard to do a concert, um, which is one of his big fundraisers in the off season too. So i don't know I don't, texas yeah, is wide open so. texas is wide open but I, I i don't know how like the artists <laughs> for now like, yeah yeah.
2: texas for now. is also leading the nation right now in like in like new
1: cases so i yeah. don't know it'll be it'll be interesting to see like you know us too i mean we are our, our big events in january uh we do it outside on a golf course so um we still don't know 100 percent what that's going to look like in january either so Um no, no one does. The the foundation stuff's obviously, you know, raising raising money for our normal causes has is uh kind of come to a skid and and everything's going to this COVID relief and and trying to help out in our communities, which kind of is a perfect segue into, you know, one of the main things we like to feature with our guests on this podcast is the work that uh you do in the community and I guess, you know, timing is everything and your guys's store in Nashville kind of opened up uh, in perfect time to really impact and help uh, the city of Nashville once this pandemic hit.
2: Well, we got really, our timing was so crazy in that we discovered this charity in Santa Barbara. That's what we modeled ours on. It's different, but we, we adjusted for the idea of this. It's a grocery store. That's free. You lose your job. You come in there, you shop, you pick out, you have choice. There's dignity with that. It feels like a normal shopping experience. It's kind of a, it's such a, an adorable little corner grocery feeling thing. It's just the difference being is you don't have to pay. And so, you know, it's, as a parent, if you have kids and you lose your job, it's, it's really a tough thing. Part of the, part of the toughest thing is the loss of dignity. So we take that away and we allow them something that sort of feels normal. It's why it's called the store so that the parent can say to the kids, Hey, come on, we're going to the store. And they are. And well, we worked for three years with a board of directors in Nashville to build this thing. We had literally built the building, got the money raised, got it off the ground and we were ready to launch, sort of quietly in the spring of this year. And then we were going to do like a summer grand opening. And instead we had a tornado hit Nashville in April and uh, it was bad. And so we opened early. We just opened and said, if you were affected by these tornadoes, then you come get groceries and we're open. And then a week later, the pandemic hit. And so we got about a week of operating where people came in and shopped like we thought they would. And it was really awesome. And then within a week, everything shuts down. They walk us all down. And so we immediately had to change how we do it. And we started to deliver meals, um, especially to the elderly. You didn't even have to be on financial hard times. You could, you could be 85 years old, we'll bring you food. And um, we're still operating like that and probably will be, a bit indefinitely now um people are now allowed in, in in limited numbers to shop but it's not quite like what we envisioned but it's still working really well um and to give you an example we are at five times what we thought we could could provide food wise um and and making it work but it is not the uh i mean it's, it's not a normal time to be giving away food
1: yeah. It's, it's definitely tough. And, and, um, for everyone who's listening, if they want to go on and make a donation or support the store, is there a way for them to do that? Is there a website to go yeah. on and donate or how does it, how does that yes. work?
2: Yeah. It's, it's very simple. It's the store.org. And, um, you can go on there and there's a way to donate. So, um, should be simple. Yeah, well, and, okay. uh, yeah. Any, anything anybody wants to give is great. And, you know, every little bit helps because really it takes money to feed people. That's all there is to it.
0: Yeah. I love the mission of the store. And I love that you guys were able to adapt during these times. And yeah, we're, we're inspired by you. You definitely deserve the impact award.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, my two year turn. Yeah. I don't know if I deserve two years of it, but it's really nice. One I'll for Kim, it.
0: one for you. There you go
2: right exactly and then the uh you guys i it's it's really impressive on instagram the amount of meals you're feeding people in la tell me about that
1: uh yeah it's it's uh something that timing like you said um we kind of hit the ground running and and veered course from our foundation what we normally do and uh the dream center reached out to us and they, they started this food line. Um, well, initially it was a, uh, kitchen where people can come in and sit down and get a hot meal for LA USD students. And, um, because they depended so heavily on their food programs from their schools. And when all the schools closed, uh, a lot of families were left without that, that hot meal that they were depending on having. And, and then once, uh, things got worse and, uh, the social distancing, kicked in, it turned into a food line and uh, it was really a blessing because we ended up reaching out to a couple of local restaurants and they loved the idea and we ordered food and they sent it up to the Dream Center. And what happened was we developed these awesome relationships with local restaurants, mom and pop restaurants, family owned restaurants in the area and helped kind of supplement some of their costs to be able to keep their cooks in the kitchen and keep their, um, delivery workers to be able to deliver meals, uh, going and at the same time provide meals for, uh, families in need to drive through the drive-through line. So, uh, it was kind of a timing thing as well. I, I guess everything, uh, timing so big and, um, you know, we, we love the Dream Center. We support them, uh, in a lot of things they do. And we kind of, you know, following in in Clayton and Ellen, they do so much in in the city of LA and they do so much in Dallas and they do so much in the world really. And we kind of follow in their footsteps and they they're tied to the dream center um, with a lot of things they do. And and we try to support them as much as possible. It's been a great relationship over the last you know seven years in Los Angeles, being able to learn how to reach out and how to serve and, and how to, you know, impact the community.
2: That's great. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's not going to get, I mean, it's, it's not going to get better for a while. And we're going to, there's more need for this than ever right now. And um, it's going to be interesting to see how, you know, little communities deal with it. But it's, uh, it's inspiring to see what all you do out there. And I, uh, I just hope we can, you know, handle what comes at us right now.
1: Yeah. You just got to take it one day at a time and, and new stuff comes up and just keep reaching out and hoping people continue to open up their hearts and share and donate and, you know, help, help each other out, help out, help out the fellow humans who are, who are in need. I think, uh, yeah, you know, we all need a little more love right now around the, around the world.
2: Yeah, Um, we do. Yep. It's been something to watch. I mean, um, I, you know, I said this to a couple of friends of mine the other day between um, all the protests and all of the, the you know, t- tragedy of this disease and the, and the changing times we're living in. But I feel like right now, in some strange way, this world we're, we're building can be so much better than it was when, when this is all said and done. Um, but it's, it's uncertain right now. But it can be. I mean, this can lead to really good things in the end that we that we do, you know, and become. Um, it's it's going to be interesting to see. But uh, that's the hope, I think, of everything we're all going through. I know one thing from, the, from this pandemic, um, it's, it's certainly changed the way I look at family and, um, you know, time, time management for one. Yep. And and sort of doing good things with the time we're given. Do you guys? How do you guys feel like? Have you been able to be around family members? And are do you feel secluded right now, or do you feel like like what's your perspective?
0: Yeah, we've kind of kept to ourselves, honestly. Um, I mean, my family's all back in Indiana, and I haven't made that trip back there yet, and just a lot of uncertainty but I agree I think a lot of good has come from this you know we are saying you know we walk around the neighborhood and we see you know families getting together and all of these parades that everyone's doing for birthdays and graduation and everything seems a little more um, slower and simpler which I think you know naturally I'm drawn to that after you know go 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 for so many years I think it's been a nice change of pace so I think and I hope that everyone you know comes out of this with you know, a little of that still with them and it doesn't go right back into how it was. So I think we can all definitely take away a lot of good from this.
1: Yeah. Let's hope, let's hope, just keep spreading love, keep spreading cheer. I know the way you, you treat people and the way you give so much, especially, uh, around the country and, and what your music means to everyone, I, I think is so uplifting. So hopefully, uh, you know, you can get back to, to playing your music in front of people, we can get back to get on the field and making them happy and just, you know, affecting, you know, one life at a time and, and taking small steps to, to get back to the world we know.
2: Yeah, it'd be great. I know, I know baseball would help my mindset right now in a big, big way, no pressure, but it would. <laughs> I mean, it's, I think all of us and also for the, for the next generation, it's really important. This is such an opportunity for baseball.
0: No, I agree. I, think. I mean, the guy sitting across from me definitely needs baseball. Oh man. We're getting to some dark times here without it. So <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I think he's right there with you.
1: 100%. I, yeah, we, I mean, we need a lot of things in this world, but I think baseball and sports will be a, a good outlet for people to just kind of feel like things are getting back in back to normal and, and going in the right direction.
2: I hope so. I, I mean, I'm ready. I think so too. I think there'll be, um, you you know, it's you're not gonna hear him in the stadium so much, but I mean I imagine they'll let they'll let the, like Dieter will get to play the organ, right? So he'll be there.
1: I think I so. Think. I think so. I think Dieter will be there and I think uh our DJ will be there and um you know, hopefully there'll be some fans in the in the stands. I'm not I'm not I'm holding out that there'll be some fans allowed in in every stadium.
2: Can they can they um pipe in crowd noise when you hit a home run
1: i i hope that they do i hope that they do pipe in some crowd noise um you know some teams might complain that it's an advantage or whatnot but you know that's what that's what you get for playing at home you get a home field advantage right so hopefully they pipe in some crowd noise maybe they'll let a few people in if they have to put the the dummies or or mannequins in the stands we can do something like that but um, yeah that's
2: that's that's the craziest looking thing in the world so crazy, so isn't crazy. it? Yeah, so crazy. The mannequins, and they're all wearing masks too. That's what's so weird. Yep. Yeah,
0: they're following the guidelines. That's yeah, they right. could play some cricket sounds when the opposing team comes up, or like a want want. Absolutely. Well, the they do that up. anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they can. Boo. They can kick that up a little bit.
2: I think that'd be the fun of it. Yeah, it that's would. been my that's been my question all along. Is like, okay, do they need a national anthem? The first game back
0: yeah I wonder probably. if they'll just play yeah, it. yeah
1: I think you got it you still got to have the anthem you still everything probably goes according um you know you just don't have the
2: no I mean they'll they'll do it up what I'm saying is uh, I wonder if they need anyone to sing it
1: oh the first game back wow. oh wow that's a, great, a that's a great question that's a great question it's a great question you know I'm throwing my hat in there let's well, just the go case. ahead and but promise
0: that right now yeah.
2: without know, any well, authority like the, of doing that <laughs> the other day Darius did it for the first NASCAR game back or NASCAR race back, okay? Yeah. So I see him saying, him saying, "Hey, tune in tonight. I'm singing at Darlington first NASCAR race back." And I'm like, "Wow, that lucky bastard gets to go." And then he he recorded it at home.
1: Oh, no. And
2: they, and they played it at the race. And I'm like, "In a <laughs> in a racetrack, they yeah. couldn't have found a place for him to like sing it." basically
0: yeah right in the middle of the infield right in the middle infield
2: distance yeah that's why that's why i'm kind of like hoping that they're like okay we will allow the anthem singer because you know what will happen if i if if i end up getting to do an anthem i'm just gonna find a place to
1: hide (laughs) (laughs) well you know what I'll, i'll text tony clark and tell him to put it in the next proposal that that you get to sing the first anthem live of the year
0: Wow, um, that's that's
2: a great, that's wonderful. I've, this has been, this has been a very. My plan is working.
0: Hey, we know how you like to set out your goals and uh, get them accomplished. So, I mean, that, yeah, right. That feels like a good place to end. We have a lot of work to do. We're going to have to, you know, obviously reach out to Tony Clark now and make sure he gets that in there. We'll let yeah. you get back to your family life and your sourdough coloring my shower scene, coloring my wife's
2: hair yeah right <laughs> yeah. has great. Justin had to do it. anything for your hair
0: no it's just I'm letting it ride
1: yeah There's a- I have in the past though I've, I've had to I've had to help her out a couple of times. It's not fun. He doesn't want to say, but he had have to take you, out my extensions. I had to take out our extensions and it, they were glued together. So yeah. I had like a bottle of baby oil and I'm like trying to get these like little pieces Oh, you to film that. Did yeah. you film it?
0: No, this was before we decided tonight that we were gonna be an open book on social media. So we'll, we'll Yeah. Have to start. You've
1: really influenced our our social media presence. There's gonna be just stuff all over the house and yeah, we're we're, we're going to start relaxing our. Now, do you guys do you guys have a dog? Yes. We do.
2: What kind?
0: Miniature Pinscher.
2: Oh well, let's see some videos of that. Those things are basically <laughs> you need to record those slow mo. Those things are.
1: She's yes. all over the place. She has her own Instagram page, Brad. It's Moonshine Minpin. You should
2: yeah. check her out. You clearly okay. do not That's follow right, her. I've seen I've seen you mention her, but I need to go follow her. Is she, <laughs> is she good at? Is she good at social media?
0: She's great.
1: She'll respond. She'll respond to you. <laughs> uh, okay. I'm gonna write I'm gonna write her. She's real good on the keyboard with her do claws. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: oh wow, this is taking a weird turn. But uh, we wanna thank you for hanging out with us and chatting with us. Love it. And Absolutely. yeah, everyone definitely go check out the store.org and obviously Brad's Instagram. If you want to text him, his number is just sitting right there in his bio for you.
1: Yeah. Tell them what, tell them what the song's mean to you. Uh, it's, it's really cool. Or don't, or don't. maybe don't. No. Yeah. yeah. Don't. It, it, that's really cool. <laughs> I, I like that. I, I love that idea. So I'm glad you <laughs> shared that. And we really appreciate you coming on, man. We, we love you. We respect you. And, uh, hopefully, Likewise. hopefully we'll all be getting to do what we love here real soon. Well,
2: I hope I, uh, hope I get to see you guys somewhere soon down the road and, uh, thanks for doing what you guys do for your community and, Anyway, it's a, it's a blast to know you, and uh, I hope I hear the crack
1: of the bat soon. <laughs> we do, too. Yeah. All right, Brad. I hope you're swinging it. All right. <laughs> All right. We'll talk to you soon, buddy. Thanks, guys. Have right. a great night. You, too. You. Bye.
0: That was so much fun. I feel like talking about baseball and concerts, though, makes me really sad and miss a little normalcy of our summer, but it's it was nice to be able to showcase, you know what, him and Kim are doing with the store and, and all the work that they're doing and interacting with fans through all of this.
1: Yeah. He's, he's one of the nicest guys I've ever met. And I truly mean it when I said like, he goes above and beyond for his fans and he is the biggest Dodger fan, baseball fan. And I, I wanted to bring it up, but I didn't, he actually like has his guys like give him score updates in the middle of concerts. Yeah. And so and I meant to bring it up. I wish I would have, but maybe maybe we'll get him back on here another time and we can talk to him about, you know, whether it's an earpiece or how he's getting the score updates. But he's a hu- <laughs> huge Dodger fan. So uh, that was so cool of him to take out some time and, and come on the show. That, that was awesome. He's a great guy.
0: Yeah, definitely. So that's going to do it for this week. We'll be back next week, maybe with another special guest for you guys. And as always, we'll let the jingle take us away. See you guys. Boom.